0: Welcome to the American Association of Critical Care Nurses Leadership Podcast, exploring leadership in nursing through inspiring conversations. Today's
1: episode is sponsored by AACN's Nurse Leadership and Innovation Training Program, Clinical Scene Investigator Academy, with information available at aacn.org forward slash academy. Now, here's your host, AACN's Chief Clinical Officer, Connie Barden.
0: Connie Barden and I'm very excited today to get to talk with the new colleague of mine, Shante Harris. Shante is a founder, president, and CEO of Eminent Healthcare Resources Consultants and Shantae's located in Killeen, Texas. Shante, such a joy to have you with us. Welcome. Great. It's a pleasure to be here, Connie. You know, I have so much I want to ask you about because I've I've studied you, I've read about you on LinkedIn and a whole bunch of other places, and you have quite an interesting journey through nursing. So maybe it would be helpful if you start telling folks, like, what would be the overview of your nursing career to date? Like, what have you done to get you here to where you are now?
1: Well, I have been in emergency uh, services and trauma for 23 years. Of course, that's my clinical background. I have been a nurse entrepreneur for 17 years teaching uh, ENPC and TNCC and AHA and ENA courses. Uh, so that kind of brings me to where I am today. I also do legal nurse consulting. So I kind of uh, center myself around uh, leadership and education. And I
0: understand to. Did I read that you've got some military service in your background as well? Yes, I am
1: a veteran. I'm a veteran, Sergeant of the United States Army. And my husband and I are both veterans. He's retired.
0: Well, gratitude to both of you for that. Thank you for, for sharing that. Um, and you've done some leadership, nursing leadership things in the past. So you, you started as a staff nurse, of course, like most of us do. And what were some of your nursing leadership roles uh, before you went into this entrepreneurship thing? Sure, charge nurse, nurse
1: manager, and director of uh, e of emergency services, and then that led to uh, the whole expert nursing. As I started to uh, review charts and kind of move my way into, I uh, saw my nursing career as a business. I decided to uh, make it uh, truly a business. I kind of always looked at my career as a business, uh, having a BSN and an MBA early in my nursing career.
0: Okay, now that's an interesting thing. Looked at your career. I'm writing this down as a business, um, and you just related that to some of the degrees that you got. When did you get that kind of mindset along the way? That's a very interesting way to look at a nursing career. Well, I think
1: that probably came from my mother.
0: <laughs> so, like I a lot of good things do, do. do come from our yeah. moms, yeah.
1: very detail oriented, just that kind of person. I think I kind of inherited that from her and my uh, BSN program, they really spoke to business a lot and nurse entrepreneurship. Uh, interestingly so, because I'm at 2000, I graduated from nursing school in 2000. And so they uh, kind of uh, instilled that in our hearts and minds uh, at the University of Alabama-Huntsville.
0: Interesting. So you had a very uh, impressive career starting in emergency nursing. You did a bunch of leadership things. And then somewhere along the line, because of this background and your your business kind of mindset, you decided to shift to being an entrepreneur, which sounds scary like crazy to me. So as you decided to make that shift, kind of paint the picture for us of what is that conversion, I would say, of sort of the security of a hospital-type job to being an independent entrepreneur? Let me tell you, Connie, that was the
1: scariest thing ever. Actually, um, I stayed a in-hospital leader for uh, most of my career up until about 2020 uh, and an entrepreneur. It was like my side thing, right? And then I realized that, hey, in 2020, I had to make a decision. Do I manage, you know, my full-time employees in hospital or do I come out to my business with just as many employees and uh, do it full-time? So it was kind of uh, scary to leave in-hospital leadership, full-time lead security. And of course, at the time I was working on a DMP, so I left behind a lot of resources that are inherent in a hospital facility. So it was really scary to come out uh, as a full-time nurse entrepreneur.
0: Absolutely. So what would you say was the thing that made you finally just take the leap? Because now you're you're 100% doing running your own business, being people's boss. Um, writing the paycheck, you know, all the things that come with running your own business. What kind of gave you that final push to make that leap, would you say?
1: That would be the pandemic.
0: (laughs) That (laughs) That, that gave a lot of pushes to
1: a lot of people. It's time to uh, come out to your business full time, but I really, it was where I was in nursing leadership. Uh, As you know, nursing started to change at about 2018. Um, It was always in the back of my head, you know, let me start planning my exit plan a little more in detail than ever before, because again, I'd been in business since 2006. And so uh, with the pandemic, I just had to step out and say, hey, do I endanger the people that I work with because I'm at my training center all of the time too, or do I, you know, kind of separate the two and make the leap to where I'm only doing one thing, which would be the healthiest way to go about my nursing career.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to know something good came out of the pandemic. So if it got you over and into finally over in this channel, good for you. Um, You mentioned and as I've read about you, LinkedIn and other places, I know you, you sort of dabbled with some business stuff, being a legal nurse consultant. Um, you found a need for leadership coaching. How did learning about those kinds of needs uh, influence your journey as you went along?
1: So as a legal nurse consultant, that was actually first, the first type of business that, that I had was legal nurse consulting. And what came out of that is in reviewing charts, I realized the deficits in charting and in leadership education, because from uh, me being a leader at that time to seeing charts in the in that arena in the legal legal uh, aspect of nursing, seeing what was in the charts, like adverse events were charted word for word, Midas reports are in the chart. I realized that that was a need for leadership education, leadership training to let them know hey, this doesn't go there. And this is our part in it, right? To teach them what to document, when to document, and what to put in separate documenting.
0: Oh boy, that is for sure something we don't learn in nursing education mm-hmm. or anything else. And know. and the leadership coaching that you do, are you involved with that now in your business there at Eminent?
1: Absolutely. So the Eminent Healthcare Resources Consultant umbrella consists of Eminent CPR and Eminent Leadership Institute. And so that Leadership Institute is the leadership coaching. It is nurse executive review courses. It is the nurse executive advanced review courses, which I sit with a lot of leaders first alive and in person to help them kind of navigate Their pathway, either that be in hospital or nurse entrepreneurship or nurse educators, Uh, I kind of mentor them all with that leadership education.
0: You're a busy person. Busy, busy. Do you do this single handedly? Do you have a staff? Do you have what does that look like?
1: (laughs) I have the best staff ever. At again, in 2020, um, I experienced a. A, a huge surge uh, in business, and I realized that I couldn't do it by myself, right? So when I came out and I uh, took that break to kind of stop from in-hospital leadership to transition into nurse uh, entrepreneurship full-time, I took a month off to see, hey, what is this going to look like? What do I need? What was my Wi-Fi I to to? And I can't do Wi-Fi. I have to do Ethernet, you know, and kind of work through the things, and how many people can I have in my building at one time, and what, you know, before the fire marshal comes and all that kind of good stuff, uh, part. Part of that was in that time that I took to kind of stop and regroup and then make that step forward.
0: Wow. So you are you are busy and thank goodness you got people there to help you. Now, if, if we ran over there and talked to the people that you work with, how would they describe you as a leader, as a boss? What kind what kind of a leader boss do you think they would say? you are. I would say
1: that they would probably say that I'm fun. I'm <laughs> great to work with. The pay is great. Um, and I keep them engaged. So um, I work with a lot of non-medic, my executive assistant in, in particular is a non-medical. So uh, interesting to have her kind of sit in meetings and take notes and stuff for me and kind of navigate, you know, the website and navigate meetings and times that I'm available and when I cannot be available and when to change. Know my schedule and when not to change the schedule. Like I'm like a uh, I'm I'm an August person. So I'm a Leo. So you know I like stuff to be (laughs) very concise. I use colors in my calendar, and like red means don't change, (laughs) (laughs) don't move. I've got to be there. I can't change it. So to kind of figure that all out and to help her through that as well.
0: I definitely get that vibe. I think you'd be fun and exciting to work with. (laughs) So speaking of leaders. You know, one of the things we're big on here at AACN is the, the looking at the health of the work environment. And our view is that healthcare and many other workplaces, frankly, have a long way to go in terms of creating healthy work environments. A big piece of that uh, has to do with communication, collaboration, and one of the big sticking points in there is also um, staffing. What thoughts do you have? You can just do an op-ed right here and say anything you want about the whole thing of healthy work environment, staffing, role of leaders. Sort of swim around in that for us a little bit in terms of what you've observed and what you hear from some of the folks you coach.
1: So this is a great thing. So before I left in-hospital leadership, I actually had staffing services up under my uh, umbrella. So with that is where the thought behind the nurse leader is the role model for staffing. People will follow a good leader and we can develop good leaders. We can develop good staff. We will work in unhealthy environments when there is a good leader. So that is uh, the leadership education that I mentor towards is that the staff will follow a good leader. So we have to develop leaders. The thing about nursing is that we've been um strapped for years on leadership development, right? We had it on the back burner. We had an abundance of nurses, you know, who had a higher education that we could put anywhere and we never took the time to develop them. And now the time has come where we are forced to develop them.
0: Yeah, yeah. And what what will happen if we continue with a lack of well-developed leaders in nursing? Like what would you see? What's a risk there?
1: They're going to leave the profession. So all of these that we've uh, moved really fast and we made all kind of, uh, you know, quick releases to get them into nursing schools and to get them out of nursing schools and things like that. All of our work would be for nothing. They will leave uh, our nursing profession that we have loved for so many years. You know, we don't develop these leaders we don't develop leaders that have good succession planning because it's scary. Just because I can start an IV or I can do eighteen rounds of compressions doesn't mean that I know how to do staffing.
0: You know, they always say that thing about people don't leave the job or the hospital, or whatever they leave their manager or leave their leave the manager. Leader. You think that's true? I,
1: one hundred percent, that is yeah. correct.
0: You know, you just touched on succession planning, and I will guarantee you, I've been around for a long time too. Most of the time in hospitals. And we don't really talk a lot in either, even in leadership positions, about succession planning. So, what's a little um, succession planning 101 that you can give us, some of your wisdom around leadership succession planning specific to nursing that you want to share?
1: Well, honey, I'll start with one that I personally developed for a Texas Emergency Nurses Association. And it starts with small bites of information. First, we have to ask that leader. Set out the plan. Set out the calendar for what the expectation is. If you tell me up front, I've got to be the person who takes over for Connie Barton with podcasts, and I have no idea what that's going to look like with me at Eminent. I need to know what Connie's schedule looked like, what's involved, what's the preparation before you give me that position. So first it takes, you know, opening up the calendar, like the planning calendar, whatever it is to see what is involved in this type of leadership. And then let's break it down into small bites. So I did this thing called... tea with the treasurer. And what that was, was every week with the treasurer elect of Texas ENA, I would meet with her. We would go over things, small bites of information at a time. And then we'd come back the next week and she would ask her questions about, okay, you know, you said last week that we need to talk to the investment banker. Like what's his, what's his number? What's his email? What's his availability? How do I reach him? So we did small bites of information. and It was called tea with the treasurer for succession planning. And if we can implement that, In hospital, then that's the thing, because if you resign tomorrow and I have to take over for you tomorrow, I don't know what you do. I don't know the next step. I don't know that there's a nine o'clock safety briefing unless you tell me. Mm -hmm. So if we take the time to let them know the expectations of the role and not just in a job description, if we actually break down the expectation of the role, we'll see better leaders being developed in succession planning.
0: Yeah, I totally get that. The other thing I've learned about you, Shantae, is that you're a huge champion for certification and also professional development. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, even though the, our podcast is all audio, I'm looking at you and there's like a wall full of certifications and you've got 100 initials behind your name. Talk to us about that a little bit. Just why, why does it matter and what's the connection? Yay.
1: So certifications in a nursing practice, right? So the expert proving that you know what you're doing for your patients, right? We all want safe practice in high quality patient care. And one way to validate that is through board certification saying, hey, I I've, I've, have I've the experience and I've also demonstrated the experience and I have this to prove that I am an expert. I know what I'm doing for this patient to guide safe practice and safe care. So I'm a huge cha- champion for uh, board certifications and I've always been in it. And it kind of came back, takes me back to legal nurse consultant. Um, early on in the day, you know, as an expert nurse witness, um, the first thing that they would ask is, hey, are you, are you certified to do this? <laughs> What's your certification? Right. So it kind of stemmed from there. And then as you, the years went on, I realized the value, the true value of the certification was in hospitals, safe practice, safe care for our patients.
0: What else do you recommend for people? You know, a lot of us take various certifications and who, thank goodness we pass that test. But then, you know, we, we keep up sometimes with contact hours and this and that. But um, and most of us are glad I don't have to take that test again. Right. <laughs> But what are some other things that you recommend to people for professional development uh, over the years when people have long nursing careers like you and I do?
1: I would say, you know, conferences, just kind of staying staying current, right? And I the whole uh, staying current, current thing, attend, you know, conferences in your field, see what's out there. You may not be doing it anymore. You may be guiding it, you know, you may be running it. But go to the conferences, see what's going on, see what the new lingo is in nursing, what's the new guidelines, and how are they implementing them? You know, sometimes those of us who got practice don't necessarily do the practice. And so we can relate what we're writing, what we're proposing to what we've learned at conferences and see how you know it can be implemented in different types of organizations. You know, At our academic centers, we want them to do one thing. At our community hospitals, we want them to do another thing. So I believe in attending conferences because you get to meet, greet, talk to the people at the bedside, the people who's leading it, the people who's writing it. They're all there. So for us, uh, the loads of us with experience that have been around for a while in nursing, I totally say the education is the key. Continuous, uh, continual learning. And uh, the easiest way to do that is to really attend conferences. Either that be live or virtual.
0: Yeah. Now, what if I'm uh, a young mom and I got two or three kids running around and a full-time job and it's just not practical for me to go for a five-day conference or this or that? What are some other ways that people can still... Um, continually, you talk about staying current, continually stay up to date. Any other things come to mind for that? I say
1: online resources, attend the conference online, you know, break it down. Maybe they have some on-demand type of offering as many professional organizations do in our profession. We have on-demand conferences. If you can't go when it's, you know, being offered live or recorded, hey, buy the on-demand. You still get all of that great education at a time that's convenient for you.
0: You know, I think that's a really great point. And that's probably another thing of the very few that we can say positive things that came out of the pandemic, because a lot of us who were not offering virtual conferences before are now. Our NTI is coming up uh, fairly soon and we're having it in person, but we're also having it virtually uh, so that people no longer have to travel if that's not convenient and so forth. Do you find a lot of uh, organizations going to that kind of model? Yes,
1: the the live virtual and the on-demand. You know, bedside nurse who can't take off a week, like you said, you know, some of these conferences are four or five days long, and that's a lot of my paid time on, my sick time, whatever I have to use to get there to be away. But if I can get that same education while I'm picking up the kids from school and headed to the gym and, you know, at the softball game, if I can listen to that education on demand, then that's a win-win for us all.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally makes sense. You know, so often, Shantae, when I talk to nurses, they get out of school, they work two or three, five years. And then it's like, well, I need to do something else. I need to get another degree. You did the same. You got your MBA. Um, but oftentimes people are going the practice route. And the practice route often looks like oh, I need to become a nurse practitioner. I want to be a CRNA and all of that. Now, you took a different route. What do you think, like, what intrigued you of going the businesswoman route? Rather than something else clinical. Now you're very clinical. You got a hundred yeah. <laughs> certifications behind, and you've worked there. But you then took this other road that's not too familiar to a lot of nurses. And the
1: thing with that was the the practice route of I'm from the era of the uh, clinical ladder too. Right. So uh, the clinical ladder was a big part of that, that one that made me uh, think the business route was better for me. As I looked at the clinical practice guidelines, it was all about, you know, uh, projects and getting published and more education and things like that. And I always thought, well, what if I'm the person to offer the education that it takes to get up the clinical ladder? (laughs) It was a different avenue of thinking. Right. But it started with that that clinical ladder that we uh, used to love you know, for a nursing practice.
0: It sounds like it must have involved too, knowing yourself and kind of what you're good at.
1: Yeah, maybe the business part was uh, in me all alone or that uh, my MBA course, I don't don't know uh, what made that big decision, make me go business, 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 business and to leave it, I don't know what a thought came from originally other than legal nurse consulting and it kind of just kind of warped from there, just kept going on and on and on. I do know that early on, I did not want to be um, in hospital, uh, you know, my entire career. I knew that that had to be something else out there.
0: Well, very interesting because, you know, I always tell people when they ask me about going into nursing, I say, go and be a nurse because no matter what, you'll always have a job. And it could be in a Cruise ship. It could be on a plane. It nowadays it can be from home, being a virtual nurse. And I think what I'm add to my spiel now is you'll be a businesswoman, business person. You know, you can create your own business. And uh, most of us don't don't really think of that when we think of the various options having to do with nursing. Fascinating. Well, I would also add that what you had to have was some degree of confidence, a whole lot of courage. Maybe a little craziness. I don't know. You be the judge of that.
1: Hundred <laughs> percent craziness. That's me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but a lot of confidence, a lot of courage. I think I would. I would toss that. I want to wrap up by asking you uh, anything else that you want to share with people about this. But if you if you don't have anything in general, the big question I'd love to hear from you because you see nursing and healthcare from such a different vantage point than most of us do. Um. When you look at things, and here we are post-pandemic, thank goodness, but the world has kind of shifted. The world has changed, but you know nursing and healthcare very well. What makes you hopeful or excited about the future in this industry that we both work in and love to work in? What makes you excited
1: and hopeful? What makes me hopeful is the fact that we have the opportunity to change nursing's path post-pandemic. This is a new wave of nursing. It is fair game post-pandemic. We have we have the opportunity, it's right in front of us, to change nursing to whatever we see it for the future. The time is now post-pandemic. We're open to it. We've we've seen what we could possibly consider the worst of nursing in our day and time. And we can totally guide it for the future right now, post-pandemic, it's wide open for us to create and innovate nursing practice.
0: That's probably the most uplifting thing I've I've heard in a long time. So there are those who say, what is it? Don't, don't ever let a good crisis go on, you know, untaken advantage of or something like that. I think that's what you're saying. It exactly. has been the worst most of us have ever seen. But now is our moment, and there's, there are opportunities left and right that we could seize. And why do you think that is, that it's nursing's moment? What have you seen that makes you believe that this is a time for nursing? What would you say?
1: Well, it's where we are with our, with our new nurses and what we were able to accomplish through the pandemic we've seen how we can change nurses nursing and alter it to what we want it to be. Mm -hmm. During the pandemic, we were forced to maybe not have so many clinical hours or to have pertinent clinical hours, you know, uh, not like writing a nursing (laughs) diagnosis, but rather, you know, starting that IV or more clinical time, more hands-on time. So that kind of opened us up to what we may have known in the past, but was scared to change, saying that this is what we need here and now, and that gives us an opportunity to take uh, nursing, education, nursing leadership, nursing professional practice, and change it again to what we want it to be. We're open to it now, more so than ever. We're open to it now, just like we talked about with virtual and on-demand education. We're open to it now. You know, before conference, Virtual? Oh, hey. You know, now we're like, hey, wait, we need to offer this virtual. We need to have it live virtual. We need to have it on demand. We need to have it recorded. We we need to have it, you know, so that people can upload it into their all kinds of different things that they use uh, to get education. So it's great. We're open to more in nursing now.
0: And this is a time I'm hearing you say to seize the moment.
1: Seize the moment. This is our time.
0: Totally, totally get that. Well, Shantae Harris, I would say I feel like I've just been able to spend some time talking to a leadership guru. You're a leadership coach. You're an entrepreneur. You're a businesswoman. You're a veteran of the U.S. Army. Um, You have given us great things to think about. And some of the things I'm taking away are you can do most anything if you have courage and confidence. And I would add a little bit of crazy in there to help boost you along. It takes knowing yourself and what you're good at and being willing to grab that, reminding us that people follow good leaders. And if we don't have good leaders, people aren't going to stay. I think that's so critical to know. Plan, succession plan, and so forth. So your legacy continues. And I think the biggest thing that I heard that really moved me is now is the time. We have an opportunity before us in nursing that we've never had before. And it's time to grab it and seize the moment. and You've inspired me to look around and do that a little bit more, Shante. Thank you so much. Thank
1: you. Thank you very much for this opportunity to speak with you. It's been great.
0: Great to have you here. Have a great afternoon. Thank you.
1: Thank you for listening to the American Association of Critical Care Nurses Leadership Podcast, proudly sponsored by AACN CSI Academy, with information available at aacn.org forward slash academy.
0: We welcome your thoughts on this episode or ideas for future topics. Feel free to email us anytime at podcasts at aacn.org.